I can't put my phone on do not disturb because sometimes my cat has emergencies. <laughs> You're a loser. <laughs> ready whenever you're ready did you hit record i did oh did you get me calling you a loser about your cat yeah but that's fine uh this is awkward Hi, I'm Tom Wright, a photographer and the sales manager at the Columbus, Ohio Photo and Video Specialty Store, Midwest Photo. Hey, I'm Kevin Deskins, a photographer and the director of marketing at Midwest Photo. Twice a month, we're going to host this podcast to share news, interesting articles, gear opinions, tips, and sometimes guests. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it might get strange because together we're two weird weird camera camera beards. (laughs) all right welcome to two weird camera beards uh Thanks for tuning in, everybody, for our third episode. We're going to be talking. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Uh, We're going to talk today about what's in your camera bag. But before we get started on that, we want to give a special thanks to our sponsor, Rode Microphones. Uh, Big shout out to Jeff and Ryan from the US team. Uh, The reason we sound so good on this podcast is because Tom and I speak on Rode pod mics. They sound really nice. They do. And we run those through a Rodecaster Pro which is a great little device for anybody who's wanting to start up their own podcast. So if you're interested in learning more about the Roadcaster Pro from Rode or the Rode Pod Mics, give us a call at Midwest or visit us online and we can chat with you about that. But we want to just give a special thanks to Ryan and Jeff over at Rode US for uh, helping us out with this podcast. Thanks, Ryan and Jeff. And a big thanks to uh, Ray Sherlow for making the music that we use for the intro and outro. Uh, I really dig his music. If you do too, go check it out uh, on his Bandcamp page. It is raysherlow.bandcamp.com. Uh, if you have trouble with the spelling, don't worry about it. We'll have a link in the show notes for you to for you to check that out. And uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. We do need to issue a correction from our last podcast. I'm um, surprised it's only one, to be honest. <laughs> Based on my botching of the Sunny 16 rule in that episode. <laughs> Mm, um, mm-hmm. So, um, among other things, I've been keeping notes. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, our executive producer, has been keeping notes, though. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure she does. Yeah. So uh, we do need to issue a correction. So in that last episode, film is alive. We talked uh, about interesting things that we found. Um, the thing that I brought up was a photographer by the name of Kyle Roper in California, and Kyle had built a camera out of his front door and during that episode tom said that um it looked like a pinhole camera mm-hmm. now we tagged kyle in our show notes and on our instagram and we wanted to give him a shout out kyle thank you so much for 
uh, reaching out to us and uh, listening to the show and um, getting the word out for you. I just we really appreciate you, you chiming in there. It was a huge, Definitely, it was man. a huge honor to hear from you. Um, he said that Tom. Now you said it looked like a pinhole camera. Mm-hmm. Kyle actually messaged us and said it's not actually a pinhole camera. He is using a large format lens mounted in a box affixed to the door. That lens is a Nikkor W 300 millimeter f 5.6. Nice. Yeah, it's really yeah, cool. That's great. He did indicate, too, that his exposures were between 1 and 15 seconds, which blows my mind what? based on how sharp they are. That means that means he's using a very small aperture, then. F64? No, the photographic paper he's using is... Ah, uh, that makes sense. Between ISO 3 and 6. That means paper negatives, likely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, big thanks to Kyle for uh, giving us a shout out there on our Instagram and in the in the DMs. We really appreciate it. Um, it was it's awesome to continue to follow your work. It's Heck just yeah. truly incredible. So, definitely. All right, um, Tom, how's life? How's yeah? Obviously, your your Blue Jackets. Um, they gone. They gone. <laughs> they gone. Leo, good. Leo's great. Cool. Leo's, uh, he continues to knock things off of higher surfaces than the floor and uh, uh, keeps uh, purring and wanting pets. So that's great. Yeah. How's how's Cricket and Ashley? They're good. They're really good. Uh, They say hello. They give their best. Uh, Yeah. You've been shooting a lot of film since the last episode. I have. I have. In fact, I went out and I bought myself a new film camera. I brought it here today, as you can see on the table. Uh, I bought a Canonet QL17, uh, courtesy of our used department here. It's a sweet camera. Big shout out to um, Mike Valensky and Casey Stewart in in our used department here at Midwest. Uh, mm-hmm. This came across their desk, and I immediately showed interest because Mike always shows me little cool things, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, I think I want that camera." I took it. I ran a roll of portrait through it. Um, you kind of saw some of those images. Uh, if not, we'll get those posted to our Instagram. Mm-hmm. My wife fell in love with it too, so we went ahead and just we bought it. Yeah, so it's a really clean version of it too. Yeah, it's, like the crispy black body. Like yeah, yep. Still shiny. Still got the the uh, what is it the. The sticker on the top. Yeah, the inspected sticker. Yeah. By facility inspector JC11. They're the best. They are the best. Okay. <laughs> so um, today, like we said, we are diving into our bag life. Uh, what we carry, what's essential, uh, what makes the perfect bag. But I'm going to tell you, there is no perfect bag. There's, yeah, like there's no perfect lens for every situation. There's no perfect bag for every situation. Yep. That's why a lot of photographers are hoarders in some sense. Yep. So, uh, Tom, let's kind of, before we dive in here, let's let's kind of bring up our either an article, something we found, our individual sure. experiences. Yeah. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? What do you, how do you want to do? I don't know. I, th- I think mine's probably more interesting, so you can go first. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, so actually I'll go first. Why not? Uh, so I, I found this article it's on dpreview.com. Uh, we'll have the link in the show notes as they say. Uh, and it's a, it's a video about what it's like to photograph hockey, hockey games inside the NHL bubble. And I found it really interesting. Uh, as it turns out, it's a ton of work for very few people because of how limited they are making that space to keep the spread of coronavirus as minimal as possible, which I guess they've been very, very successful with preventing that spread. So 
but it's it's a really cool video uh they say that the photographers are averaging 15,000 steps a day uh which a lot of them are going up to the catwalk to set up remote cameras and strobes around 3,000 images are taken in low scoring games while in high scoring games they're doing up to 7,000 images uh and a lot of those i mean they can do up to uh I think two or three games a day they could be photographing. So, I mean, that's that's insane. That's, as Kevin Deskins would say, that's pretty bonkers. Uh-oh. That was the wrong sting, sorry. Uh, <laughs> bonkers. Bonkers. But, yeah, that's my article. Uh, I so, think it's a cool video. And it's also, like... One of the one of my favorite people to talk to in the shop when when he comes in is Jamie Sabo and he's the photographer for the Blue Jackets and I was kind of curious I mean I've seen him a little bit since since all of this started with coronavirus and everything and I've kind of wondered how how that practice is going now now with things in place so uh, and I think I've seen these guys before at hockey games we're talking about the photographers who are down on the glass and they actually have their own like circle cut out of the glass so they can stick their lens through it am i right in thinking that so that's only one aspect of it okay so there's there's those guys that are literally down on the ice they've got a a cut out from the glass which jamie like i've i've heard stories from jamie about getting uh getting pucks to his lens that have shattered uv lenses and like stuff like that thankfully not while it's up to his eye or anything because those are fast moving heavy density pucks um a quick question can i if you don't mind me just yeah asking a question i obviously based on the beginning of this podcast don't know a whole lot about sports ball but uh, uh yes how in this fast- case we are talking about the ice quidditch uh uh yes so the flat ball on the ice uh mm-hmm. <laughs> yes what uh how fast do those things go like I know, like a, a like a baseball, uh, people pitch baseballs at like what, like a hundred something miles an hour, like ninety miles per hour. That's like a fastball, I guess. But I'm right now searching fastest NHL slap shot. A hundred nine point two miles per hour. A hundred nine. Mm-hmm. Point two. So that extra point two, I think, makes the big dip. No. Point uh, two is me running. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna get away from it then. I don't think. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, in that. I, yeah, that's that's a fast puck. That's it is a fast and puck. that's a like the the shape of the puck makes it also a lot of a lot of pressure in a small area too. But yeah, uh, that that is only one aspect of it. Is the guys that are ice like along the boards uh, in in the like behind the glass, and then they also have various remote cameras set up. Uh, so they have some uh, strung up. Um, in the catwalk above the above the ice and then they have some that are actually in the net behind the goalie which offers some of the coolest shots but Mm. all of those are kind of remote set up and then they are also kind of wired into uh some studio lighting uh and uh, up in the rafters as well Mm. which yeah jamie's actually done some we i'll i'll find i'll find the link he's done some really cool remote camera stuff with high speed sync and basically like isolating the subject on the ice during like a packed house, which is crazy. Like, yeah, yeah that's pretty wild. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's dope. I like it. I like it a lot. Heck yeah. 
Uh, what about your article? What do you What have you got for us? So, you know, I was kind of prepping for this episode, the the whole camera bag idea, and full transparency, those who uh, aren't like fam- familiar with my career, which I don't expect a whole lot of people to be familiar. I think with a lot career. of people are following your LinkedIn account for sure. <laughs> a lot of our listenership also it's has an exciting place. wants to see where you're headed in life and wants to see you succeed. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's happening, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I've, I've spent, uh, about a decade in this industry. Um, and one of the positions I held in full transparency, I worked for think tank photo bags so uh the camera bags uh you know that are designed to go on planes uh they also are mind shift gear bags and Mm -hmm. uh, they they have outdoor hiking uh oriented bags as well which that's the mind shift line yeah so that's the the hiking and yeah it's uh, the way i always describe it to customers is if rei made bags for photographers instead of backpackers yep exactly so i i just want to put that out there in full transparency that i i had worked for them in the past and with that said uh you know a lot of the things that we thought about there were the like the philosophy of how so many packs of camera bag or what they put into it and i was really you know researching for this is this is so you this article i know so i i brought up this article on the screen so tom can see it such an in-depth thought process into what what i normally just kind of dismiss in my brain when and i think a lot of photographers do yeah well some people do and some people it just really depends on your level of organization and what you do but I wanted, I was kind of researching for this show, this particular show, and I wanted to dive into the philosophy of a camera bag and what, mm. what does it mean and what do you do with it and everything. And nobody was really writing about it except for this, this one guy. And mm. he, he actually kind of hit it inside of a review for a crumpler bag um, back in, uh, I want to say this was back in like 26, yeah, 2016, he wrote this. Huh. And he really just, he nailed everything that I was thinking about. So he thinks of camera bags. And now this is like the philosophy, how you think about it. Mm -hmm. Um, He says a camera bag, his name is Max Milne. Max Milne, I I apologize if I butcher your name there, Max, but he's an Australian photographer. Uh, This is on his blog. We'll link this in the show notes. Um, But Max says that a camera bag is a home for a camera. And a home provides a safe space for one's things in an aesthetically personalized environment. So you That's so poetic. I, I know. That, and I was like, like oh I my feel gosh. like the think tank marketing marketing guys should get a hold of this guy. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's uh, he, but he's very minimalist, and and uh, you know some, and there are think tank bags that are very minimalist, and there are some that are a bit more complex. But mm-hmm. Max just nailed what a camera bag is in his mind and what it should be to a photographer. So he's, mm-hmm. he's a minimalist. So he's, you know, he's reviewing this bag The the photos aren't loading right now, but this is a very basic bag with like one compartment, this crumpler bag that he's reviewing. Huh. And he goes on to talk about, um, what, what do you need? Like your philosophy on photography directly reflects your philosophy on the bag. So like, um, mm-hmm. Are you looking for something inconspicuous? Um, you, that for him, he wants it to be inconspicuous, small enough to fit into his day pack, um, self-reliant, meaning it can be carried on its own, and large and padded enough to house three prime lenses for his Fuji body. So I just, I read this article. I'm not going to 
dive too deep into it, but yeah, just it's a pretty long article. <laughs> it's about a very the, the thought process that you're describing, right? So you, you his approach and philosophy to the camera bag is you have to think about what you want for your camera as its home and how right. you're going to use that home to use your camera. Right. How- Which I think a lot of us think about camera bags kind of in that way inherently. Like we uh, we think about it like, I'm going to have to carry this thing with me. But I don't think that a lot of people think about uh, what their actual needs and what like they do. They prioritize almost like how it looks and whether stuff fits rather than like how they're actually going to be using that bag. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I think when you're shopping for a camera bag, that's what I would ask people to do. Because I think I said in the beginning of this that um, there's no perfect camera bag. And that's true. Yeah. It's just like there's no perfect pair of shoes. You know, there's the right shoes for what you're doing. Or there's no perfect tool in your toolbox. There's the right tool for what you need to accomplish in a job. Sure. So a camera bag is you know there's no perfect one so therefore you kind of have to have multiple ones depending on what you want to accomplish with it yeah. and if you're really only doing one thing like if your thing is street photography and it's always street photography then maybe there is one camera bag that works or for maybe you. no camera bag in that case or or no camera bag in you that know case. like there are some i don't know there i i do think that starting out uh and I don't know. Are we are we just going to ease into the main topic now? Yeah, let's like go. That, that let's go ahead like a and good transition. Yeah, let's let's kind of dive into this. Um, what? Why is it important to carry specific camera bags? And you know, what's important? Why do we carry camera bags? What mm-hmm. is what is the purpose? What is the underlying purpose mm-hmm. of a camera bag? So, Tom, for you, it's. I would say so full disclosure I like I've been using the same dom key bag for literally since I was in college and I literally just bought uh no this isn't the first camera bag I've bought but this is like literally the second camera bag that I've bought since then uh like and the one that I'm so I had the dom key one and then I actually it's a dom key and it just, it holds a body, two lenses, a spare body if I want, or some flashes. Um, it's kind of been the perfect size for most things that I do. And then I've also got like a backpack that I also got when I was in college. Uh, that's this old Tamrack. It's like really well made and really well designed, but it's just old and kind of scraggly at this point. And this past week, I've, I was actually talking to Kevin not really related to this episode, but I was and yeah, I guess unknowingly it was related, but, uh, I ended up, I ordered an, a peak design bag, uh, just this past week. So I've got, I've got that coming in the mail. It should be here like Wednesday. The, the Dom key bag that I use, it's very like Sonny, our, uh, Canon specialist obsessed with he, bags. He gives me so much crap about this bag. Cause he's like, to him, a lot of the donkey bags are basically rucksacks that you're throwing camera gear into, which he's not he's not terribly wrong. It does have padding. It's like reasonably padded. It's not nearly as well padded as like a, a think tank or a peak design. Uh, but the thing that appeals to me is in in the past, I had traveled around and like bought used camera from pros and stuff like that in my previous job. 
every photojournalist we came across shot like carried a dom key bag it's just what they did like they like two fm2s and a bunch of ai lenses and those are night that's nikon gear sorry to yeah a, a couple nikon fm2s and like a dom key bag that's got that and a bunch of flashes for like photojournalism and stuff like that uh that's just what like what i kind of gravitated towards from like photo i think that's just the part of photo history that i like kind of that appealed to me too like magnum photographers and stuff like that yeah but yeah so that's the one that i've had forever i'm really excited to have this new bag uh this new peak design bag that's coming because i think it is going to help with organization a lot better because the dom key basically has four slots in the main compartment and then a, a, a fairly large front pocket and then like a kind of flat pocket in the back. Um, yeah, I, I own one of those, as you can see in the, the chair over here. That, mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I had seen these bags. I was a little skeptical about them. Then I kind of tried one out. I took it home, opened it up, rearranged a few things, and mm -hmm. then saw the little pockets. And there's even hidden pockets, like yeah. you don't even realize. With, yeah, with pockets the, on pockets. With the Peak Design Everyday uh, backpack. And now I have the 30 liter. Did you order the 30 liter? Mm -hmm. You ordered 30. Okay, good choice. Yeah. Um, well, and I don't think, I, I actually tried, I mean, this is something that we do in the camera shop every day with customers, but I actually went out and tried on a couple bags to make sure, like, because the, the 20 liter just didn't fit super well. I wish that they made a 30 liter uh, full zip everyday uh, backpack. Really? Like, they only make a 20 and I think a 15. Yes, correct. Uh, I wish they made a 30 because I would love that full zip. I'm not, I, I like the, the little flap on the top. I wish it had a more secure uh closing system oh, but i haven't is, is it i have yeah. never had in an practice issue. it works really well yes the only the only way that it doesn't work well is if you overpack that top compartment yeah so we'll link uh the product page mm -hmm. uh, in the show notes for the peak design everyday backpack and there's a top compartment that's kind of like what i use it for the everyday bag is I can carry a camera in it, and sometimes I can carry no camera in it. It's like my mobile office. So, mm -hmm. you know, people around here, I'm, I'm, I'm a marketing geek. I like to, yeah. I have my laptop. I've got my pens. I've got my notebooks. I've got a few books that I'm reading. I've got mm -hmm. my, and that's how I kind of expect to use it too. Is my just headphones, yeah, kind like of a carry all. I've got all these things in it, and it's just really like my mobile office. It is truly an everyday bag, and when I want to, I can rearrange it a bit to carry still some of those things not all of mm -hmm. them but some of them and still carry a camera too um i will say that it can get heavy if you're sure. overloading it like sure. any bag yeah. um there are a few camera bag companies where it is very possible to overload it i'd say think tank is one of them yeah. peak design is another one any backpack really yeah it's, any backpack around that 30 liter mark is going to get really heavy really quick if right. you load it up with glass and bodies and absolutely all that. and so that's what I use the bag for is a mobile office that can also transition into a camera bag, or you can look at it from a different perspective, a camera bag that can also transition into a mobile office. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, I don't know, there was a lot of things that appealed to me from the peak design, like product standpoint, the fact that they're, uh, almost like, I think it's completely carbon neutral. Right. And like, there's things about them as a company that like, just makes me want to support them because they are a good company to 
their community and to the environment and all that stuff and they're not taking advantage of things uh before we go too far into a bag that i don't have yet would you like me to go through my bag and like kind of yeah let, what's in your donkey because i uh, just looking we'll put pictures on our instagram too of both of our bags and our, our bag systems and we we brought our bags today with us and i can tell you right now just looking at tom's bag it is absolute like if you put that bag on a table and you said whose camera bag is that i'd say that's tom's bag and not yeah. just because of the leo hair yeah on it. i was gonna say the 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 leo hair on it gives it away pretty quick though <laughs> but i also have like i yeah i so I've got my Nikon Z6 with a 24 to 70 f4 lens in the main compartment, as well as I've got my Nikon FM2 with a 100 millimeter f2.8 Series E lens. I've also got my I've got the FTZ adapter with the 55 millimeter f2.8 uh, micro old lens. School lens on that I love new, it. new new camera. Yeah, I've been so lately. So a lot of what I normally shoot for work is events and stuff like that so i haven't been shooting a lot of those lately so instead i mean i've been working a ton at midwest photo but i've also been like uh i went to like the john glenn astronomy park this past friday um and just i don't know i've been having a lot of fun like kind of revisiting the things that got me into photography like adapting lenses and uh shooting shooting some like i don't know i made I made some carnitas in my instant pot this past week and took some pictures of that process. If you're gonna cook in the kitchen, you absolutely, yeah. absolutely have to take photos. That's like a rule for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Whether but, that's on my phone or my camera, but yeah. But yeah, and then I've got my Godox V862. Uh, I've got my big whoosh, whoosh wipe. I love this thing. It's bright orange, so I can always find it in the bag. Um, I just bought one of those whoosh wipes. Very handy. It's great. It's yeah. like three bucks, and the best the best little wiper you could get. Uh, I, I always keep a little roll of gaff tape, a little micro roll of gaff tape in the bag. I've got my memory card holder that holds SD cards and uh, XQD cards. It's a ProMaster uh, SD car, or card holder. I've also got my ProMaster dual battery charger, which I actually charged a couple batteries on the way to the John Glenn Astronomy Park, just in my cigarette lighter in my car, mm. which was really nice. I've got a circular polarizer and a stepping ring in there as well in that front pocket. Uh, and then I've got just kind of jammed into the back, like flat pocket. I've got my book. I've been reading 2001 A Space Odyssey. So I've been like, nice. when I go out and shoot and stuff, like while the camera's doing its thing or while I'm like just kind of hanging out, I'll read. And I've been kind of plugging through that book, reading a couple chapters here and there. It's really good, by the way. It's like, if you like the movie... It's like if you if the movie was like an old pulpy detective novel or something, the way it's written hmm. is kind of nice. I wouldn't have expected that. And then I've got a a couple of gray cards in the back. I used to shoot interiors quite a bit, like uh, for I used to shoot with an interior designer a lot more, uh, and so always getting the the colors where they need to be. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that's all that's all that's in my bag. And that is that is your only camera bag, correct? No, I've got more. I've got, I've also got the Fuji Domkey bag, the little. Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen the little one. guy, which I like. I'll use that for one camera when Lynn's just going out with family and stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I've got the big Tamrac backpack, which, like I said, it's really well designed. The compartments and all that. 
but instead of like peak design, all of the pockets are on the inside of the bag. Mm-hmm. On the Tamrac, it looks not quite military, but it's like it's a bag with cargo pockets. If if that's a good way to s- describe it, like the pockets are on the outside, and it looks very like. I mean, if I took it to the zoo, I would look like a dad going to the zoo with his family to take pictures of animals and yeah. his kids. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, and I'm sure I've got a couple other camera bags floating around, but none come to mind. Yeah. Now I used to have a ton of, I mean, we're, Oh, I know several dozen yeah, camera heard, bags. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't imagine working for a camera bag company and not coming out of that situation with, yeah. with less than a few dozen. Yeah. It was pretty obsessive. The, the number of camera bags I had and, and truth be told, I think I got them and I, I'd, I'd use them once or twice and then I'd be like, okay, well I need this next one for this other thing. And yeah, it got out of control. And ultimately my wife and I, we sat down cause we're, we're both photographers mm-hmm. and we decided, all right, we're each going to keep uh, two bags mm-hmm. plus our main, what we call our vault. And that's, yeah. that's what I have here is our main vault. This is something that we store in our home. Your rolly guy. Yeah. And it's very, it just looks like a piece of luggage. It's the think tank international V three. Uh, I that, love that bag, man. Like it's just, yeah, it's a tank. It's so well designed. Think tank does such great design and like they design bags in a way that it looks like you're not necessarily a photographer. You, it looks like you may be going into like a meeting and bringing some extra things almost. Yeah. So in this international V3, I've got, um, all of, all of our main hardware that we, that we have, we've got two Fuji film XH ones with the battery grips attached. I have my 23 millimeter, uh, 1.4, uh, Fujifilm XF lens, uh, my wife's 50 to 140 2.8. Uh, and then we each have our own 16 to 55 2.8. Yeah. So, um, in addition to those things, mm-hmm. you can also see in the bag that we, it's quite I, a bit more. In yeah. There. I, I was going to say, that's not the end of the list. There. Oh no. I've got, uh, you know, my road video mic, you know, if I'm doing any video work, I've got my DJI Spark drone with mm. drone guards, landing pad from uh, Flat Hat Labs, um, the charger, two extra batteries, extra props. Um, What's that little pouch under the drone? That's that's with where the, the blue. That's where the chart. That's a um, Think Tank cable management ten, I believe, and that's what I carry okay. the charger in. So I love little like pockets and stuff yeah, like that, bag, like little bags sippy bags, bags all the way down, yeah. bags and bags and bags. Yeah. Um, and then in the lid, of course, you can carry an up to a 15 inch laptop and then a notebook if you want to, in addition to that, plus an iPad, which is really convenient. Mm-hmm. All of this is secured by, there's a cable tie at the top. So what I would do is if I was traveling, I would actually pack half the bag with my camera gear. My wife's stuff would stay at home and then the other half I'd pack with clothes. And mm. then uh, what I, you know, at an airport, I'd stop by like an airport bar, you know, back when we used to be able to travel. Remember that, Tom? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So <laughs> I miss it. I would stop by an airport uh, bar and have a drink right before my flight. And I would sit at a stool at the bar. But what you don't want to happen is someone walk away with your gear. So that cable tie in there, well, you'd actually be able to cable it to the bar stool. So nobody would be able mm. to walk away with it. And if somebody was going, like, nobody's going to bring cable cutters into past a TSA checkpoint. So it's, there's no way that somebody would be able to take it from you. Yeah. And then on the side, there's actually zipper locks so that nobody could actually unzip the bag and get hmm. anything out of it. And that's secured by a self-programmed um, 
combination. And then it's also TSA compliant. So they have a TSA key for it. Mm-hmm. Should the TSA need to get into it? Yeah. Um, but never, never, ever would I ever check. I was going to say that's a, a, that's a big rule yeah. for me is to never, if you've got anything with gear in it, don't check it. Like yep. that's the stuff that goes with you. And then the stuff that gets checked is like the bag of t-shirts and yep. underwear and all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. So Nobody's I, gonna I always, I that. always like either would get the early bird check-in or I would make sure that I am like checking in exactly on time so that I'm at least in like the, the, at the minimum B section mm-hmm. of the boarding process so that mm-hmm. I could make sure that that got into an overhead bin because that fits, that's compliant with an yeah. overhead bin, even international status. So. I was going to say, that's one thing that uh, Think Tank does really well with their marketing and with their with just research and design as well as like, you'll look at the label and it'll tell you every single aircraft that that one is compliant with. And the one that, uh, the one that you're specific, the international one, like I think it'll go on like puddle jumpers and stuff too. Like it'll go on it, everything. It will not go on CRJs. I can tell oh, you that. Okay. Um, CRJs, there's only one bag that Think Tank makes that will go onto a CRJ um, in the overhead bin. And that is, um, oh my gosh, it is, I'm totally losing it. On, Dang. On, this is. How yeah. long has it been since you worked at uh, Think Tank, man? Uh, I can tell you right now that Josh Cervantes at Think Tank is going to give me crap for this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's the Airport Advantage. Uh, a Airport Advantage is the one that will fit in the overhead. Um, okay. So this one doesn't have a padded front, but you can still fit a laptop in it um, with like a laptop sleeve. Yeah. But it does still carry quite a bit of gear as, as a roller. Yeah. So it's a nice little bag. We have a few of these in stock. Um, they are about two hundred and seventy bucks, um, which isn't bad at all. Yeah. Um, for a for a camera roller bag. Cool. So in addition to that, I mean that's our main vault, but I also have my everyday carry, which is my everyday uh, Peak Design mm-hmm. thirty liter backpack, and then I have a outdoor bag too. I have a Mindshift Photocross thirteen sling. Mm. oh my gosh that you bag. like the sling more than the more than the dual stri- the two the, strap the backpack, backpack yeah because yeah. they have a backpack now the sling mm-hmm. came out first and then they came out with the backpack and this the the backpack is nice don't get me wrong i mm-hmm. like it it just wasn't for me i yeah. really prefer the sling um and i think that's because of my experience with the sling i've literally hiked yosemite with that sling that's awesome man. so um it it has a water bottle pocket on the side yeah, I can carry a laptop, but I'm not really carrying a laptop out into nature like that. Yeah. But just the sling purpose, and then the it has like a little load lifter on the back, mm. and I can like tie a scarf behind that. So if you know I get sweaty or something, yeah, I mean it's just a great bag. I you love are it. just like you are a scarf guy for sure. I know I'm a scarf. Yeah, guy. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come. So so those are my two those yeah. are my two bags in addition to the vault that I sh- I sh- I carry I share with my wife. So cool. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, so let's talk about, um, what, what all we carry here. Cause we've, we've mentioned peak design. We've mentioned Domkey. We've mentioned, mm-hmm. uh, think tank, which honestly we don't carry very much Domkey because it is very much, I don't know how to, uh, I guess they haven't done much innovating. Like they've kind of, they've got the, their legacy line and the, that's kind of what they've stuck to. And that's what they're known for. Almost yeah. like, uh, what's the other one? Billingham. Like there's not there's not much innovation going on there. It's more mostly like 
uh, a little bit of style, a little bit more like that old school photojournalist look. So yeah, we don't carry as much of that. We carry more of like like we've talked about uh, Peak Design, Think Tank, uh, Mind Shift. Uh, ProMaster makes some great bags for yep. like at, at really really great prices for what you're getting. Yep. Uh, Tenba. Yeah, we carry Tenba. Um, we carry. Um, we we're leaving out a whole category here that I don't think we've mentioned yet. SKB. And, oh yeah. And uh, Pelican. Pelican. Yeah. Uh, SKB. I I much prefer because of uh, is modularity a word? I lo- I like them because they have the Think Tank inserts. Some of them do, yeah. So yeah. some of them actually, Think Tank and SKB have collaborated. That's a Northern California company and a Southern California company coming together to create kind of a hybrid case. So it's a hard case on the outside, but then Think Tank did the design for the like dividers and yeah, inserts on the and interior. All that. yeah. So that's really cool. Which I think I I much prefer the the dividers over the cube foam foam cube foam and those and those hard cases. So yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so we have several different brands. We'll list all of those brands uh, that we carry here at Midwest Photo in our show notes. I mean, honestly, we may, like, would it be better to just post the bag section of our website or something? Yeah, let's just do that. Let's just do that. We'll post the bag section. Um, But they're all different price points. They're Mm -hmm. all different types of purposes and aesthetics. Um, You know, the ProMaster and Think Tank lines they definitely will have more of an everyday aesthetic, I, mm-hmm. I'd say. That's just my personal take on it. Like, I you, think... you can carry one of those camera bags, and you sometimes can't tell it's a camera bag. Yeah. I think ProMaster has some like that as well. Yeah. Tenba, definitely, like, they're definitely camera bags yeah. from the looks of them. Um, but, yeah, I think, I, w- I would say Peak Design, like, you, I feel like it's almost become a little bit of, like, I don't even know what it like maybe a social norm or something, but like they're like a techie uh, camera or just like, I don't know, a freelancer type of person. Like you look around and most of them are carrying peak design bags. And there's a reason for that. uh, Some of peak designs designers have literally worked for Apple. Yeah. So they're bringing over uh, design philosophies from a place that prides itself on design. Yeah. But it's also, they're just like, they look like a normal, they kind of look a little space agey to me. Uh, but they do, I don't know, they, they look like something you could carry anywhere. Uh, whereas Think Tank, I think it looks like 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 a, like a business kind of bag. Yeah. Like, yeah. And there's different types. I mean, Think Tank makes uh, slings and backpacks and yeah, shoulder true. bags and... Uh, rollers. I mean, they and those they, like retro, right, the of, retrospective series, which yeah. is uh, uh, cotton canvas. Which honestly, I feel like that's kind of what like if Domkey made a bag today that was irrelevant to its or like still kind of tied to its past. Like I feel like that's kind of what they would yeah. come up with is yeah. the Think Tank retrospective. Yeah, uh, they look more casual, like yeah. canvas and stuff. Yeah, um, Domkey has. I feel like in terms of design, um, more of a relaxed look and i think there's a reason behind and i don't know they're just kind of slouchy to be honest they're just kind of like floppy yeah flop i'm a floppy bag yeah i'm a donkey (laughs) (laughs) so i think uh when it comes to the retrospective series from think tank i think it's it can be initially a bit more stiff and i think there's a reason behind that because they coat things in um like a water resistant coating um so 
I think that kind of gives it a yeah. little bit of a stiffness. I mean, I don't. I'd I have think to. it's just a big, heavy canvas bag, though, too. That's true. Yeah. 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 So. And it is like I don't know. You know, you you don't look at a dom key bag and wonder what the feature list is. Yeah. Like you're just like, okay, that's a camera bag. Yep. Whereas like Think Tank, Pre Peak Design, all those guys, and not to like put dom key down. It's just it's just the way it is. It's like yeah. I'm a floppy bag. Yeah. Like if you look at old like. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I feel like I've rambled enough about my old slouchy Domkey bag. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your Domkey bag is. Uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's. It's oh, all thank, right. Thanks, Cheyenne. Thanks, Cheyenne. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, those are the we will list all the bags that we carry here at Midwest. Um, but let's talk about. Uh, do you need to carry everything all the time, Tom? No. Absolutely not. No. I don't want to. Really think about think about what you want to carry and what you're going to be shooting and what you're going to be using it for. Let's go back to Max Milne. Milne. Uh, I'm going to figure out his last name. Go Old back, Maxi boy. Yeah. <laughs> go back to his blog and really think about like the philosophy of, uh, of the camera back, what you're using it for, for that particular thing. Are you going out and just shooting some stuff on the street? Are you going to the zoo? Are you going mm-hmm. like, really think about what you're going to do and then carry only what you need? Yeah. Um, like an everyday bag is great if if you're going to the office every day like you and me. But what's I'm, your what's your tendency? Is it to overpack or to underpack? I'm an overpacker. And I, I think I, everybody I've, is. I've gotten better about it though. I think all photographers I've gotten to the zoo before with my bag and I'm like, I'm using this lens and this lens alone and now I'm out here for three hours walking around with heavy with like just weighing my shoulder down and yep. like there's no need for it yep. and just to know like kind of i mean there is going to be some of that in terms of like uh you're gonna have some like trial and error and figuring out what you need for certain things but yeah a lot of the times like i've been i've been motivated myself to just take one camera one lens and just like like just throw that in my smaller smaller little dom key and uh yeah and just kind of roll with it and if yeah of course, that's for unpaid things. Yeah. Like you want to, if you're doing like a wedding or something, you do want to be a little over prepared and oh, yeah. make sure that you've got redundancies and all that stuff. Yes, indeed. And then if you're, um, the one thing I'll, I'll kind of chime in here with tips is that if you're going to get on a plane, and I know a lot of folks that are probably listening to this aren't thinking about getting on a plane in the near future, but if you do get on a plane, a few things you need to know. One, make sure your bag is absolutely like uh tsa compliant i wouldn't even say tsa airline compliant right Mm -hmm. so it needs to go through the tsa scanner and it needs to go under your chair or on the overhead Mm -hmm. if it can't fit under your chair which there are bags that do fit under the chair Mm -hmm. and i always try to get mine under the chair but if you can't do that have you tried the have you tried the uh peak design every day I have it. Bag I have it. Have I feel to, like that would fit. I feel like it would fit too, because I've had bags just about the same size that would yeah. fit underneath the airline seat. Yeah. Um. If if it has to absolutely, if it can't fit under that seat and it has to go under the overhead, I would say a few things. Be prepared to move your flight in case they tell you that you can't put it in the overhead. Mm-hmm. And the only reason they're going to tell you you can't put it in the overhead is because you're boarding at a later time, like you're in a C mm-hmm. or D boarding group. Mm-hmm. And you don't get on, and everybody's kind of filled in the overhead already. Yeah, um, it's very, it's in your favor to be very nice to the flight 
flight crew and, yeah. and tell them, hey, I've got a lot of equipment here. I really cannot afford to do this. Um, and I'm, I'm going to need to move my flight if I can't be accommodated in some way. And this shouldn't be an issue if you check in on time mm-hmm. or you pay for the early bird check-in, which for me, I think at the time when I was flying, it's like 15, 25 bucks or something for the early bird check-in, which is plenty, like that is more than fair. Pretty reasonable, yeah. For ensuring that I can get my camera gear yeah. with me on the flight. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, if you're somebody who falls asleep on a flight, make sure you lock your bag in some way so that if during the flight, for some reason, somebody wants to try to steal your gear or understands what you have in that bag, um, they can't get into it. And it seems kind of fishy that they're hmm. getting into an overhead bin and trying to get into it. So protect hmm. your gear at all costs when you get on a plane. That's that's my advice there. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Um, Tom, you got any got any bag stories? You got you want to share a bag story with? Us? I mean, I've got, I've got a I've got a fun bag story, but I, yeah. I want to see if you've what you, what you've got. Uh. You left I your mean, bag anywhere accidentally oh my before, gosh. or like yeah, left it unzipped and, and all the stuff falls out, or I'm sure that that's happened. I like, I so I'll start with a recommendation and end with a story. Okay, I'm sure everybody's left their bag somewhere at some point. Oof, yeah, it's but happened. it's like it's so gut wrenching. Recommendation is to if you're a wedding or event photographer, become friends with the DJ and uh, see if you can. DJs also have expensive equipment that they're wanting to protect, usually under some sort of uh, event table with a big tablecloth over it. And a lot of times they'll let you kind of sneak your bag under that table and out of sight so that you can kind of have your home base kind of where their home base is and you can be buds. And honestly, getting to know the DJs and stuff like that is a great networking tool as well because if if they're also booking these things and they hear that some event needs a photographer yep you they now know a photographer and if you're cool with them that that can be helpful protecting your gear and networking that's a twofer that's a twofer (laughs) uh but yeah and then my my story i uh i went back to piqua i'm from piqua uh just north of dayton i went back to have lunch with my dad one day I think this was, embarrassingly enough, this was like not that long ago, like maybe two years ago. And we went to a little restaurant. I, uh, I had my, my little, my little tan donkey, which like that's uh, it's Fuji branded. And it actually even has a tag in it that says if lost, like it's got a barcode and all this stuff, like to return it to the person, which I mean, the likelihood of that happening when somebody discovers what's in the bag is very unlikely, but, uh, I actually, so I left my bag under the table and like, I usually, I don't know when I go eat with somebody, I try to keep it out of sight just cause it's kind of, I don't want it to be like super prominent or like, I don't want it to be in a spot where somebody's going to kick it though either. Uh, but yeah, I left it under the table and I drove all the way back from the, where we ate was in Sydney, Ohio. I drove all the way home and realized what I'd done. And, uh, I called the restaurant and said, Hey, I left a bag under that table. Do you guys like, do you know where it is? Thankfully, uh, the, the, the manager that I spoke to was, uh, they were very nice. They were, 
they took their job seriously, which I'm very thankful of because you don't always get that in like chain restaurant businesses. Mm -hmm. But they took that they took their job very seriously, and they were like, "Yeah, I've got it right here. I've got. I'll put your name and phone number on it. I just stop by and grab it." And I yeah, and everything was there. Thankfully, I had a camera body and a lens and a couple lenses and stuff. And yeah, I was able I was able to get that back. But yeah, just nice. Yeah, ever since then, I typically put the camera bag somewhere where I literally have to interact with it before leaving. So I like, whether that's me tripping over it or whatever, but I have to, It yeah, it forces that acknowledgement that I have to take this with me on the way out. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so mine, mine is um, actually more of a customer story that I heard. So uh, back when I, when I worked at think tank you know we go to trade shows and the really interesting thing about these bags these roller bags that they make is that the rollers the wheels on them mm-hmm. are 80, they go round and round they <laughs> no, <laughs> like the wheels on the bus they go round and round <laughs> um they are 80 mil spec uh uh rollerblade wheels oh yeah i know all about those with my uh <laughs> yep with my inlines yep and so somebody had found so we that was something that we advertised like hey if if you know you ever need a new set of wheels just contact us and if you need them on the fly you can run into like a sporting goods store and mm. usually find them and the, get a real nice upgrade get the light up right. ones so, or something so that's the story so what? the customer said i found these rollerblade wheels on amazon that are kinetically powered and light up when they roll so you're like oh my gosh it's so cool and he's like yeah and you know, if somebody runs away with my bag, it's pretty easy to track them because they're the ones with the light up wheels <laughs> rolling away. That's hilarious. And like, I was, I was thinking that like, man, those like this person, <laughs> I was like, this guy is, is exhibit from like, yeah. <laughs> pimp, yeah. Yo, pimp yo ride. <laughs> yeah. Like, yo, I heard you like light up wheels. We got two of them. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> So that's that's my story. It's pretty it's pretty brief and simple, but I was like, that is a brilliant idea to Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that that would apply to everyone, but yeah, that's yeah. that's great. Yep. All right, so let's leave everybody here uh with a challenge, Tom, since we're since we're wrapping up here. Um I want you guys uh we we uh want you to participate with us in showing showing us what's in your bag. So tag us uh on Instagram at two weird camera beards. That's the number two weird camera beards um, on Instagram. Tag us in your bag videos or photos, whatever you want to do. If you have questions about your bags, make sure to hit us up there or at um, uh, MPEX underscore photo underscore video on Instagram. That's our Midwest photo um, yeah. Instagram account or Facebook or TikTok or just give us a shout on Reddit. I'm sure we can find you. We've always got little crawlers going across there. So if you have questions or you want to show us what is interesting about your bag, let or us know. what's in your bag. It's kind of cool to see, like, if, yeah. do you ever follow, like, those EDC everyday yeah. carry posts? Of course, yeah. Like, I feel like this is the camera, this is the photographer version of that. For sure, for sure. Yeah. So we want to see those, um, and if, if they're cool, we like them, we'll even repost them. Yeah. So, have uh, you, with your permission, of course. I'm curious, too, if anybody's done any problem solving with, like, customization or anything, too. Like the like those roller wheels, the light up oh, wheels, yeah. but like, yeah, I'm sure like, photographers are very adaptive and innovative people. They are, yeah. 
So, um, and then I think another good challenge for you folks would be if you go back to our first episode, uh, the long beginning, uh, our challenge there was to do a good inventory uh, of your gear. And I think organizing your bag is a great way to mm-hmm. uh, kill two birds with one stone where you're knocking out your inventory or assessing everything that you have. If you need to sell anything, you need to capture the serial numbers on anything for insurance reasons. Yeah. Um, and then also doing a cleanup of your gear. So, you know, sanitizing it, wiping it all down, but also your camera bag. You know, you take one of those little hose, uh, the hoses from your vacuum cleaners. It's really easy to clean up the gear in, in your camera bag because yeah. dust and debris and all that kind of stuff. Pet hair. Pet hair is a big one for me too. Yeah. Well, um, but yeah, and it's also a great way, like, I it, I don't know, to go through that also is just a great way to uh, kind of figure out where the pain points of what you've been dealing with are. Sure. Because sometimes when you get home from, like, an event or just out shooting and you're like, eh, like, you may have dealt with something and then you get home and throw your bag down and you're just like, you kind of forget about it until you, the next time you have to go and do that thing. Yeah um that may be a good way to kind of get dig back into that and see if there's any problem solving you can do there too and a little tip for for video shooters because i know sometimes you guys use um when you're storing gear in your bag um sometimes you're using equipment with little tiny screws or adapter things um use like pantyhose or a cheesecloth over like the tubing of your vacuum and you can suck up the little pieces without them getting sucked completely into the vacuum that's great. Yeah, so it's a nice, little, really great. nice little tip for those who might be um, have have equipment with smaller parts to it. Yeah. So yeah, that's our challenge. Um, give us a shout. Make sure that you're you're hitting us up on the socials or even slide into our DMs or whatever you want to do. And um, yeah. Also, we're still collecting questions if you get for future Q and A episodes. So yeah. if you have a question, just record it on uh, your voice memo app in your phone. Uh, keep it less than one minute. Uh, if you can, and then email that to two weird camera beards at impex.com. Yep. The number two weird camera beards at impex, mpex.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's our show for the day. Um, thanks to, uh, this is our, just our closing, closing notes here. I want to give a shout out to everybody. You can always listen to us on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. And yes, we've got the request to get on Google podcast. I'm still working on that folks. So, uh, mm-hmm. I appreciate all of you who are listening on an Android device and uh, are trying to get us on to the uh, Google Podcast app. We are still working on getting on there. Yeah, and we got a review on the Apple Podcasts that like that the volume was a little low for the this past one. Thank you for that feedback. Keep that feedback coming. If there's anything that you'd like us to change, I will definitely take that into consideration when, when we're editing uh, this podcast to go up. So thank you for that feedback. That's really helpful. Yep. And as always, uh, share your photos, videos, uh, stories, feedback uh, through various ways to contact contact us at Two Weird Camera Beards on Instagram. That's at the number two Weird Camera Beards or at MPEX, M-P-E-X underscore video. I'm sorry, MPEX, M-P-E-X underscore photo underscore video uh, on Instagram. And uh, you can always hit us up on Facebook, TikTok, Reddit, like I said before. I'm going to give a special thanks to our magical and marvelous executive producer, Maddie O'Neill, who keeps us in line all the way from sunny Florida. 
Um, <laughs> Tom and I are two cats that she constantly has to herd from over a thousand miles away. So, and she does a phenomenal job of that, uh, keeping us on point and keeping us focused because obviously Tom and I ramble. Yeah. Quite a bit. A lot. Yep. Uh, big shout out to uh, the president of Midwest Photo, Moisha Applebaum, our VP, Ken Lewis. And shout out to special appearances this week that you might have heard on the podcast through our stings. Uh, I think it was Cheyenne. Yep, it was Cheyenne Banks, who is, yeah. uh, who's one of our sales She's people great. here. She's awesome. If you ever want to chat film. Big oh time God. film shooter. Big time. I told her, you know, I told her I was shooting 35 the other day. I bought a 35 millimeter camera. She said, that's whack. Yeah. <laughs> she had, Kevin asked if we had any uh, Portra 400 and she's like, yeah, up there. And he was like, I don't need four by five. I just need 35. And she's like, whack. That's whack. <laughs> she's great. So, uh, Tom, you got a, you got a show, you got a quote to, to, yeah, I've got a quote to kind of close us out here. Uh, this one is from Diane Arbus. A picture is a secret about a secret. The more it tells you, the less, you know, that's good. I like it. That's deep. Yeah. Hashtag deep. Uh, <laughs> no, but I really wah, 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 I wah. <laughs> Where's my trombone? <laughs> uh, they're not labeled. Nope, that's <laughs> Nope, nope. She is my, she is my comrade. Bonkers. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just pushing buttons at this point. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you, guys. See ya. got some i've got some questions for you since you've obviously di- like dove dived dove in into Divin. the divid divin dividend dividends <laughs> into the uh the blue jackets do you think that we will continue to carry what appears to be two starting goaltenders in elvis Merz lincoln's and uh jonas corpusalo or do you see us trading one of those for offense that we were obviously lacking in the playoffs this past season honestly they both need traded because if they can't catch the golden Whoa. snitch they can't catch the golden snitch all right moving on uh you want to you want to start this podcast <laughs> yeah let's let's roll with it <laughs>